Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today is a, it's kind of a soapbox topic for me. This is something I am incredibly passionate about because I see just a lot of people being misled and getting really crappy information and spending money that they don't need to spend or not spending money that they should spend. So what I want to talk about today is when are supplements a waste of money? We're going to go through, are they a waste? What makes them a waste? When are they not a waste? How do you know? Many of you know this about me, but some of you don't. So I want to make sure you understand my background. I used to work in the supplement industry. In fact, that was my career immediately prior to starting Primal Potential. That was the industry that I left, the job that I left, when I started Primal Potential back in 2014. I first started as a product manager where my job was doing all sorts of educational information and kind of behind the scenes stuff for dietary supplements. And then over the years, I eventually became a director of that team for the US market, the United States market. And my job was to stay on top of the research around really hot ingredients, what our competition was doing in the supplement industry. I worked with our in-house science team on formulating the products and making sure that they were competitive with what else was coming out from, from our competition. I worked with the legal team to help craft what we could say about the products and what we couldn't say about the products and finding that that area where you could say what you wanted, but not anything that would get you in hot water because there's a lot of regulation around what you can and can't say about dietary supplements. I helped create the marketing and the educational material around these dietary supplements. I met with manufacturers and ingredient suppliers. I went to trade shows and everything in between. So my opinion is coming from that work in the industry, but also my experience ever since then. And I will say, I've talked about this on the show, leaving that job kind of had me pretty jaded about supplements, but also really passionate about some of these ingredients because part of my job was to go through the research on on some studies that were 
fascinating about ways that we can take control of our health through supplementation. But what I didn't like, so many things I didn't like. I just realized my phone's not on silent. So many things I didn't like, including, this is just a few of the things that I didn't like about the supplement industry. I didn't like the very common practice practice to not use enough of the ingredient to really make a difference. So think about it this way. Let's say that research shows us that 5,000 IUs or international units of vitamin D is the amount that you need. And this is just an example. This isn't like real numbers. But that's the amount that you need to get the benefits of heart health and immune health and mood support and that sort of thing. Well, what is most common in the supplement industry is to use less than that. And the reason for that is the more of the active ingredient that you use, the more expensive the product becomes. And a lot of customers are making buying decisions based on what? Based on price, right? So every company feels a lot of pressure to be price competitive. Well, if everybody is just using a little bit less than and sometimes a lot less than what you really need to get the effect, then it's the only way that you can remain price competitive. So in the industry, we kind of refer to that as fairy dust. And it's essentially making sure that that ingredient is on the label so that the consumer, oh yeah, this is what I need. Look, there it is. The consumer sees it and knows that it's there, but it's not enough to get the effect that research tells us we can get with that ingredient. And it really makes me mad. It makes me mad because most consumers don't know how much zinc they need or how many grams of EPA and DHA when we're talking in the omega-3 market that they need. They just know the ingredient and they see it and they're like, okay. And then the product will make all the same claims because the research does support that it does all these things. It's just nowhere have they specified that with the amount in the product, you're not going to feel a thing. Now, that's not to say that every supplement company does that. They don't. They absolutely don't. Some supplement companies are phenomenal and their products are amazing. But the average consumer doesn't know. So that's one of the things that left me really jaded um, in that industry. The other thing is that ingredients in supplement form don't operate the same when you ingest them as the same ingredient if it was in whole food form. So let's go back to the example of like vitamin D, okay? So if we consume a food rich in vitamin D, that is not the same thing as getting the same amount of vitamin D from a supplement. Essentially, in its natural form, it's more bioavailable, which means more easily accessed by the body. And, and it's really brilliant the way that nature is sort of designed. If we look at omega-3s, for example, when you consume fish, a fish that's rich in omega-3, whether that's like, we'll use sardines or anchovies. When you consume a sardine, there's not only omega-3 fatty acids in there, but there's also vitamin E to help keep it stable and preserved and not oxidize or go rampant. There's antioxidants that kind of function in the same way. When we have the whole food form, it's kind of, that omega-3 is coming packaged 
with the things that we need in our bodies to keep it from going bad, to make it so that it's bioavailable, our body can use it. And in supplement form, those cofactors aren't always there. And that's why bioavailability is generally a big challenge for supplement manufacturers. You have to add other things like other vitamins or other minerals, different things like that, to ensure that your body can use the ingredient. So turmeric is a really great example. If you find a supplement that says that it has turmeric, which is really great as an anti-inflammatory, really great for things like anti-aging, well, in and of itself, your body basically can't use it. Like if you take it in supplement form, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of a percent that your body can use unless there are other things in it in the right amounts to make it so that your body can use it. One of those things is essentially like a black pepper extract. You also want there to be some sort of fat in there. The fat can protect it and carry it. And the average customer doesn't know what those cofactors are and how much of those cofactors is needed for your body to be able to to utilize it. You just see like, oh my gosh, I've heard so many great things about turmeric. This is a turmeric supplement. Here's my money. And so there's so many issues with this in the supplement industry. One is there are different uh, ingredient suppliers who make their ingredients differently. So it's not just like turmeric is turmeric is turmeric in supplement. There's different companies that make different kinds of turmeric or turmeric packaged in different ways and they sell it to supplement makers and usually, the well, not usually, always the ones that are the best are the ones that are the most expensive, right? Because they're the most expensive, they drive up the product cost. So if a company wants to use that really, really great ingredient, they're probably going to use a little less of it. More often than not, not always, but more often than not, they're going to be like, okay, well, let's use this really well-known, well-researched ingredient, but in order to be price competitive, because the average consumer doesn't know that that's what would make us more expensive, let's just use less of it. Or they just decide to go with a generic ingredient that isn't bioavailable, that hasn't been studied, and the consumer doesn't really know. So these are the kinds of things that frustrate me in the supplement industry. Another couple things that frustrate me is making it seem like every product is essential for everybody. And this was part of my job when I worked in the industry because I had a role in educating our customer base about new products when they launched. And inevitably, customers would want to know like, well, so if I take this, should I stop taking this or this? Like what, you know, I can't just keep adding supplements forever and ever and ever. And we were always launching supplements every quarter, sometimes twice a year. Um, And we would always make a case for like why you needed all of them. Of course, because as a company, you don't want to launch a new product and then just have it cannibalize sales of another product so that really you're making the same amount of money, right? They're now buying this new product, but they're not buying this other product they used to be buying. As a company, you want new product launches to make more money, which means you have to either attract new people who want that product and or you have to get your existing products to add that to their regimen without dropping anything else. So there was always this sense that like, 
well, of course everybody needs a vitamin D with K2. Of course everybody needs an immune product. Of course everybody needs an omega-3. And the fact of the matter is not everybody needs everything. Not every supplement is for everybody. And then the last thing I'll say about things that bug me about the supplement industry that I want you guys to be aware of. I'm not anti-supplement, but I want you guys to know and understand these things so that you can make better decisions and make sure that you're not wasting your money. On the product education side, a lot of times there's misinformation or misleading information. And a perfect example of this is probiotics. There's a lot of companies out there who say, well, probiotics are living organisms. And so if they're not refrigerated, if you're not buying it from the refrigerated section of the health food store or the grocery store, then it's no good. And so customers will say yes to a crappy product that's refrigerated and say no to a great product that's not because they believe that information and it's not true. The fact of the matter is there's all sorts of different ways to ensure the viability of the probiotic, and part of that is the strain, and part of that is the the form and what else is in there. But customers don't, don't necessarily know that, right? So do I think that supplements are a waste of money? Sometimes, yes. Some supplements, absolutely. Someday, when I have more time, I'm going to do a whole episode on collagen as a supplement um, because there's just so much misinformation. And even the people who are like screaming its praises, a lot of times they don't have any background in nutrition. They're just taking what their company tells them and putting it out there and it it just lights my fire. But today is not the day for that. So sometimes, yes, supplements are a waste of money, okay? But sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're amazing and they're incredible and they can do amazing things for our health. So how do we know the difference? How do we know the difference? How do we know if a supplement is worth taking or not worth taking? I do want to give you kind of just like a something to not stress you out, I suppose, something to make you feel a little better. Chances are if you're taking a supplement that I think is just a waste of money, it's not going to hurt you, right? I mean, is that true across the board? No, probably not. There's probably companies that have tainted products, but that, but that's like a very, very small exception. If you're taking a product and you're spending 60 bucks on this thing and it just isn't, it doesn't have enough of the active ingredients to make a difference, it's just not going to work, but it's not necessarily going to hurt you. So like, don't, it's not worth panicking about. How do we know if it's a waste of money or if it's not? And these are just my opinions, okay? It is 100% okay if you disagree. I know people will disagree. That is fine. I'm just here to share my experience. In my opinion, rarely go with a bargain basement brand, all right? Not that they're dangerous or bad, but the fact of the matter is good quality supplements aren't cheap. They're just not. I mean, might there be some that are? Yeah, there are some ingredients that are going to be less expensive, but 90% of the time, a good quality dietary supplement is not cheap because the ingredients are expensive. And when you use enough of them and you use really high quality ingredients, it ain't cheap. You kind of get what you pay for with supplements. Now, that's not to say that an expensive product is a quality product. Not true at all. I'm just saying, as a rule of thumb, stay away from like the bargain basement brands. Zinc is not zinc is not zinc is not zinc. Vitamin C is not vitamin C is not vitamin C is not vitamin C. 
It's okay if you find something that's more expensive than everything similar on the market. That's not bad. There's likely a good reason for that. Not always, but often. I'll also say find a brand that you trust or a person who is trustworthy who advocates for a particular brand. And not like they're trustworthy because you like them, but they're trustworthy in that in that area, right? Like not just, oh, I really, really trust this person because she's nice and she's got a big following. Like, no, no, no. It's somebody who knows about the industry. Trust them because, you know, like there are areas that I don't know about. Contracting is a big one. We've been renovating our house forever. And it's not just like, oh, well, I really like Jamie. He's always been a nice guy. No, I want to know somebody who I trust because of their experience in that industry, right? Same thing with supplements. Um, Also, one thing that's very helpful for me is a company that will answer my questions. And there's a lot of companies that are either just not consumer focused or they're too big to respond. So I like companies that I can like email their support and ask them questions. And then I can decide based on their answer, um, based on what information that they give me. So that's that's a big one for me. If I'm going to trust you with something like my health, like I want to know that if I don't understand something that you're going to respond. Not all companies do that. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I've just found that that's helpful when I'm making my decisions. Um, the other thing is know why you're taking what you're taking, not just because everybody else is taking it. You might not need it, right? As an example, a few years ago, I did an episode about magnesium and how magnesium is incredible for cravings, food cravings, for PMS symptoms, for muscle health, for sleep, heart health, immunity, so many things. Like it basically seems like anything you could want to improve, magnesium could help. But that doesn't mean that you should take a magnesium supplement. Do you have issues that magnesium addresses or don't you? Are you already consuming magnesium-rich foods on a very regular basis? You might not need magnesium. What I think would be helpful, I'm going to share with you some of the things that I take and why I take them so that I can give you some examples of knowing how to decide if you should take something. I'm not saying this is what I take, you should take this. not saying that at all. I'm saying let me show you why I've decided to take some of the things that I take. So probiotics, for example. That's an easy hell yes one for me, and I'm going to come back to it. I've also done probably six or seven episodes on probiotics. But probiotics do occur naturally in some of our food, right? So there are people out there who will say, well, I eat kombucha, I I eat kimchi, I eat fermented vegetables on a regular basis, so I don't need to take probiotics. I disagree. I do drink kombucha. I do eat kimchi. However, I have no way of knowing what strains of probiotics are in my kimchi and how much, and I don't want to leave it to chance because we're more bacterial than we are human, and probiotics influence how well we metabolize food. They impact our body weight and our ability to burn fat versus store fat, our propensity to store fat. They impact our mood depression and anxiety, digestion, immunity, so many things that like I want to make sure that I am getting the strains I need and the amounts I need and I can't just eat kimchi and think that that's going to happen because you just don't know. So that's why 
I take probiotics. I also take an adaptogen blend. If you aren't sure what adaptogens are, I've done full episodes on adaptogens, so just go to primalpotential.com, search adaptogen, they'll come up. But the short version is that they're, they're different ingredients that can help your body adapt to physical, emotional, psychological, hormonal stressors. For example, ashwagandha helps your body's ability to manage cortisol. Cortisol is one of our stress hormones. The reason that I take an adaptogen blend is because I know from hormone testing that my cortisol has been high, especially since my daughter died. All right. So that's one reason. The other reason that I take this adaptogen blend is because I feel better when I take it. I feel more calm. I feel less edgy. So when I feel an effect, that helps give me feedback on if I should take it or not. I recently added a couple new things to my supplement regimen, and I'll tell you why I started taking them. Liposomal vitamin C, so liposomal refers to the form, like how it's delivered, and zinc. And the reason I added those two is because there's just a lot of data that's come out in the last six to 12 months that shows us how having adequate levels of vitamin C and zinc makes you less likely to have severe symptoms from COVID. So I was like, well, that, there's good solid data there. So I've added liposomal vitamin C and zinc. I wasn't taking those before and I probably won't take them forever, but for this season, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the other thing about zinc is that it helps support ovulation and that's a priority for me, which leads to the other supplement that I take, CoQ10, coenzyme Q10. It does a lot of things for heart health, uh, and energy metabolism, uh, mitochondrial function. But the primary reason I take it right now is for egg health, so fertility. Relief Plus, I've talked about this a lot on the show. It is, to go back to turmeric, it's an all-natural anti-inflammatory blend, and it includes turmeric. I take it because I know that inflammation is the starting point of almost every single disease. So I want to be doing something every single day to monitor and minimize inflammation in my body. But more than that, my knees were bothering me and I didn't want to take Advil, ibuprofen, any of those things that have known side effects. Uh, and so it eliminates my knee pain. I take omegas. We talked about that. I don't regularly eat omega-3 rich foods, at least not frequently enough to not take one. I take vitamin D. So that's kind of how I make those decisions. And I want you to think about that stuff too. I'm not anti-supplement. I actually probably take more supplements than the average bear. Not really bear, you know what I mean? But I know what I'm taking and why I'm taking it, all right? So if you're just like, oh, I saw a study that this was, you know, or everybody seems to be, no, not good reasons, right? You don't have to become an expert in supplements. You don't have to know everything about every ingredient. I think the easiest thing to do is find a brand that you really trust or that somebody who has experience in this industry really trusts and then ask questions. If you're not sure, ask questions. Ask the person you trust, ask the company, try both, and then pay attention to your own body. There are some things that I take that I don't physically feel a difference. Like, I don't feel different when I take omega-3 versus when I don't. 
I certainly feel different when I take Vi uh, Relief Plus than when I don't or when I take my, my um, Adaptogen Blend and when I don't. But it's okay if you don't feel any different. That's one of the big questions that, that I get from people, especially when they decide to stop taking something. And I'm like, it, you're not going to feel everything that is good for you, you know? So just know why you're taking it. Go with a company that you trust based on your own research or somebody that you trust. I think that is super, super important. Uh, there is no doubt that we can get vitamins and minerals and other things like that from food. The thing that I want you to remember is it's going to be very hard in most cases to either know how much you're getting or to keep track of it, right? You can very much know that like there's this many, uh, there's this many international units of vitamin D in yogurt, but like, do you really want to track that every day? I don't because it's not just like you're just tracking vitamin D. I would be tracking omega. I would be tracking, you know, I forgot to say that I take a multivitamin. I do. It's sort of what I consider my nutritional insurance policy. But heck, I don't, I, I don't have time or desire or willingness to track calories or macros. You bet your butt I'm not tra tracking every vitamin, mineral, micronutrient out there that could be helpful and healthy. So I just wanted to put this information out there because I want people to be intelligently open to supplementation. I don't want people to think they're all crap, there's no point. And I don't want people to think everything that you could possibly buy is going to be helpful and beneficial because it's probably not. So anyway, if you've got questions about this, let me know. I certainly might not have all the answers on all the brands out there, but I can tell you my two cents. So that's what I take. I'll probably link to some of this stuff in the uh, show description, only because I think that if I don't, I'll get a lot of questions from people wishing that I had. So remember though, what I take is based on my goals, my diet, my need, and my understanding, and is in no way my way of saying that you should take these things too. Not so. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll talk to you soon. Make it a great one and be, be cautious and curious as you make your supplement decisions. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.